Welcome to episode number 138 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today presented to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek, and we would like to welcome back from his little minor league rehab stint, he is back with the big league club in the New York Mets bullpen, Trevor May. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? Good. I'm good. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So play weatherman, first of all, up in New York City. I was just there this weekend. We were doing another Blitzball tourney. That'll be coming out on our John Boy Media, our Warehouse Games channel. I don't know exactly when, but over the next few months. And it was awesome, except that I felt like we were doing it on the sun. Is it still it's nasty? so hot. Yeah, it's so hot. It was 95 yesterday. It was just, it's one of those, it's just energy sapping just by standing near something that might be touching the outside. So I, it's so hot. Uh, it, it's hot everywhere. It's so hot. So when um, when we hear about the dog days, I always when I've talked to relievers over the years, they're like, August is the worst month. There might as well be 60 days. Now, I know obviously you were down because you had your injury. So maybe you feel a little bit different this year as opposed to most years. But what is it like in the month of August for a major league reliever? It's 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 tough. Uh, it's really tough for a couple of reasons. Uh, you've already thrown four four months worth of. Of, of pitches, which is the main, the main and the obvious one. But uh, then there's this anticipation that also kind of takes it out of you of September. And, and for teams that are in it, like, you know, through the whole year, you can do a good job of kind of like spreading out innings and like getting guys rest. And, but, but especially with us in the, the division race, it's going to be only getting uh, probably hotter as we go uh, is going to be, you see guys going to be asked to do a little more and you're kind of anticipating having to even work more getting ready for the playoffs and then the playoffs all all rest is gone so uh it's just it's one of those things you're like man we've been going for a long time and it's only going to get more taxing by the way i just saw one of your cats behind you yeah he's uh that's marmalade uh Toasty's Toasty's getting a procedure done at the vet today, and so he's alone. So I, he hasn't they haven't been apart for more than like twenty four hour, total hours since they moved in with us. So he's uh he found a he's found a hair tie and he's playing with it as you can see him running around. All right, so I've never really had a cat. Uh, when my sister in law lived with us for just a few months, this is two decades ago, she did have her her cat with us. Can you call cats over? Like, are they like dogs? Will they come see you this, or no? This breed is uh, Scottish Fold. These are Scottish Fold. They both are, and uh, they're very dog-like. They always want to be near you, too. But the cool thing is, when when you when they don't, when you're not giving them attention, they can they can play by themselves like a dog can't, and or can but doesn't really want to. So um, yeah, it's kind of the best of both worlds. But yes, these cats definitely come when we call them. See, this is why I like you. You stopped yourself. You rethought it. You're like, oh, my God, I can't say they play with themselves because then that's all anybody will hear in the comments section. Yeah. But you yeah. went and you rephrased your honor. That's what made you the valedictorian up there in that little high school of yours. That's, uh, that's why I'm a pro. Yep. Um, I know that usually we save this for the end of your workday, but I just feel like we all need a little pick me up here in the middle of August. So why don't we just get the trumpets blaring and just feel better about ourselves? Here we go. 
They love it. I mean, it might be the best 60 seconds going in sports. It's, uh, I just love that they're, the, 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 like, the ball, the, the operation stuff loves it so much that they, like, stop everything. They don't, they're not worried about ads. They're not, like, they, they really bought into it. That's a thing. I mean, I, I love that. I love walkouts on for relievers. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, uh, hitters had really good ones too, but it's one of my favorite parts about, going to a baseball game or watching it on TV when I was a kid is just the that anticipation of someone coming in. I'd like WWE a lot. My brother was big in WWE, but like our favorite part was the entrances and like that was the the tension of who's gonna show up like in a Royal Rumble or something. Like we loved that part. I wasn't actually into the wrestling that much. I was just into the entrances. So like when I got to be reliever, it was really important to me that I got to pick songs and like encourage other guys to pick songs. It took me a really long time to get Minnesota to play anything but the closer song. The clo- Glenn Perkins got his song. That's the only one that anyone got. And then when a new closer came in, they just didn't give the new one. So like I had to lobby for Taylor Rogers to get a song. And, uh, and so I take a lot of pride in mine as well, but, but Shug's is, is great and they've run with it. And I, 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 I everyone's like, sugar, it's the best one. I'm like, come on, mine's pretty I know I don't get to come in epically like that, but if they presented my song like that too, trust me, you would feel the same way. Uh, but uh, I just wish, I wish Suge was a little more imposing when he jogged. It's 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 so funny because he comes in so like kind of short and compact. I wish he was just more like hulking or like angry looking, but yes. he's not. Uh, just, that's the only thing missing, but I, I really, really love it. So yeah, much. we got to work on his walking in you're right it's all in the presentation because the music is unbelievable you see mr and mrs met blaring the trumpets the whole thing but if he just took like one giant step at a time coming out of the and then start to go yeah just like slow steps coming out of the out of the gate uh he does he has i've noticed that he's because he he does he says his prayer before takes his head off um and stuff but he started to time that for right when the song starts um, which is great, which I don't know if you know, knew this. I didn't know this either until we played the Padres last year, but Melanson comes out to Thunder. He does Thunderstruck, but he comes out to right when they say Thunderstruck. Like he literally stands behind the door until they say it, and then he opens it. Like literally, I, and I, I've heard, I don't know him personally, but I've heard that he he has a little WWE uh, like fandom in him as well, and so that he does that. So uh, yeah, and Shug has started to do that. And he's playing it up a little bit. He started to like time it, but yeah, I wish he would come out uh, or like just kick the door open or something. I don't know <laughs> something or like someone pull, pulled it open like he kicked it open. I think I think that'd be cool, but uh, I don't think there's much else you need to do. I don't know if you've seen though. You might have to go look this up. But what they play on the board for him? So they filmed they filmed all of us this this angle like we're on a spinning platform and then the camera there's a bunch of cameras around us taking yeah. pictures and they had us do like our motion or something and for him he's like not holding a trumpet but doing the trumpet sound thing and it's just <laughs> so goofy we watch it we're like why did they do that and so they play that so it's the it's funny it's not it's not epic or tough at all it's you know like really you you felt he's like yeah i felt real dumb doing it and they just play that up on all the boards which is 
a funny part of it. You gotta, if you could find that video, that'd be We're on hilarious. It. Hey, time right now for your update on the Hudson Valley Renegades, the high A affiliate in the New York Yankees. And let's focus on Jason Dominguez. The outfielder is the number 36 prospect in all of baseball, according to MLB.com. He is the Yankees' number three prospect. They did not deal him with the trade deadline, so you can check him out. He is a ton of fun to watch. He's uber athletic, and that stroke is unbelievable. And you can see him in person for the next homestand, which is going on right now through August 14th against the Brooklyn Cyclones. So come get a look at the Yankees of tomorrow and also enjoy some fireworks Friday through Sunday night. We promise you Hudson Valley will not shoot them in your direction, unlike other minor league affiliates. Also, buy one, get one lower box tickets and the rest of the season with the code word JOMBOY. And also you want to follow them on Instagram at HV Renegades. Twitter, it's the same handle, HV Renegades. Follow them, stay up to date with all the top Yankee prospects as they make their way up to the big league club. So for you, it's just nice to be back. I mean, I know you're still kind of trying to hone in your craft, if you will, after several months off. Um, what is what is it emotionally like for you to be back? Is it different than anything you've kind of gone through as a, as a big leaguer? Because you have not missed a lot of time. Uh, it's different in that I think that Coming off and kind of what I was when I signed here, what my role was all year last year, uh, there was a little bit of like coming in or stepping into the team now as they're playing and and kind of what's expected of you. The expectations are even higher than usual. Um, and I think that I've had really open, candid conversations about like how I'm feeling confidence in certain pitches and being like really clear with half about it. So it wasn't one of those things where because I've been in those situations where you'll come off the IL and then you're just throwing one run lead in the eighth immediately and with not feeling very sharp yet and, and you're pressing. And so, but we had, I had the luxury of a bunch of guys that have been doing, been doing those jobs uh, uh, all year. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, my first outing got off, my stuff wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. And I was like, Hey, I had, there was anxiety attached to like, I don't want to come in. And have to work work the rust off in a big game against the, like the Braves, like I, I. So they were been looking for spots to get me kind of just kind of coming, and unfortunately, unfortunately, we've had a couple opportunities mm -hmm. in the first four games um, that that I could. Not that they weren't there was zero leverage, but it wasn't a do be good or 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 else uh, situation. I had a little bit of wiggle room to kind of see how I felt and and. This last one felt really like really close to old or, or normal me than the first one did. Uh, and so that's been really good as well. But um, I've never come and been in a team that was just in, like join the team and we're in first place. I don't think I've ever come off the aisle and have, have that be the case. So um, but it's it's at the same time, it's not hard to find adrenaline or emotion or, or like excitement. And that series was was electric and to the point where I was just like, just I want to I want to throw. I let me be part of this series. Like I just want to be part of one of these wins. Um, uh, unfortunately, that usually means for me the final inning of a doubleheader every single time. I think uh, I think there's four or five in a row doubleheaders that I pitched in where I threw the last out of the second game. So I was just locked in for 10 hours. That's beautiful. That is a long-ass day, brother. But it was a great uh, weekend for you guys. It was. Up there. It really was. Took four out of five. I mean, it looked playoff-ish. You know, we couldn't get to any of the games. But it certainly looked like 
a great, great atmosphere, right? You should have. Yeah. You, yeah. It was, it was, it was really great. And I know, and I know that like, it was similar to the way like Yankees feel all the time too. And, and sometimes you're, you're like, you know, Hey, hopefully the, the, the really heated exchanges in the stands are kept to a minimum. You can't help but like have that little thought drift across like, like this is awesome, but also hope we're being good to each other. <laughs> like we're so fired up that maybe we could be borderline angry uh, with some people. So, but it's a great rivalry. It was, uh, it was a ton of fun. And I think we showed um, kind of what makes us good. It was a really good example of the, of the, the way our lineup works and the way our pitching staff is. Yeah. So there were a few things that I want to focus on here. One we talked about, uh, Ploof and I did on, on baseball today, that Spencer Strider, who was the starter for the Braves on Sunday, and, and it's been electric this year. Yes. Uh, he was out, outclassed by Jacob deGrom. And afterward, he had kind of an interesting take on the Mets' offensive approach, I guess, is, is what we could say here. Give a listen. It seems to be having a lot of luck right now offensively, so um, that's great. It's August. Um, see, what, see what things are like in October. So basically what he's saying is, there were a bunch of lucky hits. If you look at the exit below, yeah, it, it wasn't great. They weren't, you know, guys weren't lacing into the alley or whatever, but that's baseball. We know that. He made the point of it's August. We'll see what it all means in October. Does something like that resonate in the opposing clubhouse after you've kicked yeah, your ass? I mean, it's something that you don't miss. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, there's, we're, we're, uh, I, over the years, like it's just someone's going to, gonna see it and when when you're when you i don't know when you kind of for me it, when I, I saw that stuff it was like maybe a different tack maybe because i've been there and i honestly all the things he was saying are also things that i have happened to me fairly regularly and and like the quoting babbitt and and stuff is 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 it's true and i i totally identify with it but i just think he's 23 uh i think that you know, with experience and, and there's a lot of frustration there. It's a big, big game. He felt, I, I could tell he felt really good and that he was, that he was locating fairly well and things just weren't, he still wasn't able to, what wasn't like being efficient and didn't feel like he's like, I think he felt, he's like, I pitched better than it looked. And, and honestly, me watching, I was like, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, but it's one of those things. And then after that, it's like, how big of a fire do I want to light on the other team? You know what I mean? sometimes so um but i i heard the frustration i've been there as well so i identified with some of that stuff but you know at, at the end of the day that's kind of what our mo, MO is uh uh like if you're not, when you throw nine pitches to the first hitter of the game i think the tone was set um that you know there's a lot of respect there for the type of pitcher that that kid is and going to be he's extremely impressive even since i saw him do an interview with with uh with pitching ninja i was like I feel like this is a guy I would enjoy having a long conversation about pitching with. Um, and I think that he's, he's hungry in a lot of ways, which is a great thing, but um, you know, we guy who's going to go and strike a lot of guys out, we're going to grind you to a nub. And I think that if we face Jake DeGrom, the only reason Jake DeGrom didn't throw as many pitches is because his strikeouts are so efficient that like, I mean, he strikes everybody out in three or four pitches. It's like, you know, and that's what Max is always trying to do too. So like guys who are strikeout pitchers, like, like like Spencer is, is are going to technically throw more pitches more often, and when when more of the balls put in play are hits, your BABIP's always going to be a little yeah. higher too. It's, if you want an example of that, go check out my career BABIP. 
and be like, well, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Like when, you, when a lot of your outs are strikeouts, you, you tend to have a higher one of those too. So it, it's, I, I, I thought very analytically kind of where I do, I try to I did, like go with where the guy's coming from, but um, yeah, I heard the frustration, but we, I think that we play, we've been playing really good baseball and, you know, it probably wasn't the time to run into us. So let me ask you this, because this is where Ploof and I had a interesting discussion. The kid has been fantastic in Spencer Strider, but he's got less than 15 big league starts. If you're in that clubhouse and you're a veteran on the pitching staff, do you pull him aside and just say, hey, listen, I get it. Like, we all understand. And everything you said is factually accurate. Yeah. But this isn't, this isn't the place. If you want to blow off steam, come to me. Come to us behind the closed doors. Let's talk about it. Because just anything extra, particularly with a team from New York, and the media in New York is going to run with it. Would mm-hmm. you have pulled him aside if you were his teammate? Yeah, actually, I would have said all those exact same things. And, and it probably is. It, there's probably a little bit of the you know fans getting on him too, right? The, involved in there. Like I don't know how that would happen, how that happens. But you know, you know, I play here. I, I know how. I, I they they find a way to let you know, right? So, um, and that's just going to be part of it when you play play against or here so uh yeah i just say hey um the best no matter how you're feeling like just being like i should have done i could have done x y and z better and maybe if this couple things went a little bit better then i would have had a better opportunity to do my job better today that's it so it's kind of just you learn you're supposed to learn that early like i said he's 23 years old and by all accounts he's gonna have plenty of time uh to keep to keep going but yes i think that you nailed it with with all that kind of stuff just like trust me we've all wanted to go do that and or go and in front of a camera and 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 let them know your frustration and things but um sometimes it's just better like you saw max how he max freed how he handled and what dan he said post game too um just takes a little experience sometimes but yep i don't think it's i don't think it's going to be an issue I don't think it's going to be a thing for him. I really Got like, it. I don't get that vibe if you do. I don't know. You so know what I mean? Sunday was Jacob deGrom's first appearance at City Field in like 13 months or so. He has made two starts since coming back. I think it's a bigger story than we're playing up, meaning the guy was off for a year. He's now almost in his mid 30s. I think people are like, oh, yeah, I just expected that out of deGrom. Do you have a different appreciation for what he's doing because you know how damn hard this sport is? I do, but also nothing. It's to the point now where nothing he does surprises anybody. Um, and it was funny. Like, Ottavino hasn't seen him throw that much in person. He was telling me some pretty funny stories about when they faced him last year when he was on that stretch uh, with the Red Sox. and. How guys are like, hey, he's throwing 99 for you, but 101 for me. What's up with that? And they're like, shut up. Like, no one's touching him, man. Uh, and the way he's frustrating. But, like, Otto hadn't seen it, like, in earnest. Like, he just ch- he was just chuckling all the time. Like, oh, two, <laughs> 96 miles slider. He just goes, geez. Like, and that's how I reacted when I first watched him. And I got used to it. But I'm like, he's just, there's just, it's just, there's another planet he's on. Like, even, like, even Max is like, like that's way it's just so much easier for you than me like because max is the most prepared person ever he knows everything about you 
when you come into the box, including what you ate today. So like, and then Jake's more like, I do these three things better than anybody else on the planet. And you have to flip a three-sided die and guess. And hopefully something happens. And so it's just amazing. He's just amazing. He's a, he's a freak, freak athlete. I went rehab with him all the way through. He told me he was nervous. He's like starting to throw again. He's like, kind of like, I'm kind of nervous today. He was throwing in, in Florida. I'm like, I don't know. I can't, if, if I were you, I would never be nervous. I have no idea how you're nervous. I can't remember the last time you gave him a run. I don't know. And then he went and he's facing low guys. And he goes, and he strikes out 11 of the 13 guys in faces. I'm just like, I'm nervous. I don't know if this is going to throw hard again. You, you, you should just be like, oh, wait, I got a fish today. But maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's what makes him him too, be the, the, the anticipation. That, and I think the looking over the top of the glove, I think that's more valuable than a lot of people think too. The is way he does that. Is that a shtick or is that a, is that a strategy think, thing? Because he's not a, he's not a super intense guy. So I think that he like developed it in order to like add that element. Uh, just because he's, it's like, it's not, he's not a high, high emotion, like right. at you guys. So that's like, it's just his little ominous. It gives, it gives a, a little bit of intimidation without having to like scowl the whole, whole time. Mm-hmm. But they kept getting the camera angle from behind home of him doing that, like with the wide stance. I'm like, he looks big and uh, that's intimidating. And then, you, and then guys go into the, I mean, I like, I just, when you watch a guy, like Austin Riley, who, who, since we talked with him has been, you know, congratulations to him getting the, getting that contract, but he's been a very good player, a very good hitter yeah, ever elite. since elite, like elite. Like he's been a, he's there. I would say he's the guy that we don't, we, we gotta like not let beat you. And even he's just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's got like when it got, when their best hitter is like, I'm trying, but that's just, it's another, it's just another, he's just, I don't know. He's like an angel. I don't know. I, I think he's an alien. I don't know. Dude, 96 mile an hour sliders. I threw, almost threw up when that happened. Like, come on. I just started feeling good, good again, and I was pumped when I was 96 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> I think, and we've had this chat before, but I really think that Hall of Fame voters are going to have to change the way they look for him. Because he's not, you know, he's been injured so much and he's already, what is he, 34 or whatever? Yeah, they're going to have to, I think, make a special case for him for Cooperstown. Because I think as long as he pitches another few years at this level, even if it's only 20, 25 times a year, whatever it's going to end up being for him health-wise, they're going to have to I think he's different than Tim Lincecum, who won multiple Cy Youngs. I think he's different than Corey Kluber, who won multiple Cy Youngs. Because I never remember them being this. I think yeah. it's so different. Like the the ceiling was never. Oh, he he's. I think he's he's a dominant level that like, from by all accounts, and also didn't throw as many games as a lot of people think. Kofax, Kofax, how dominant Kofax was in his prime is how dominant Jake. Like it's the only. I think it's like the only comparison, the only one. Um, uh, and he, uh, Sandy didn't didn't play as much as. A lot of people thought I think or right. pitch as many games as a lot of people think, but his when he was peak Sandy, it's peak Jake. And it was different. Obviously, the curveball was a big part of it and being left-handed and things, but um that's I think that's the only comparison that Sandy's known as 
one of the, if not the greatest pitcher of all time. So um, I think that same thing has that will will apply to Jake. But like you said, he's not going to know Nolan Ryan 27 years. Like, I mean, no one does, but but it's just not going to be something he's he's doing now. He's going to pitch a, a lot. Yeah. But um, I mean, I would say at the end, probably Max will end up having a lot more innings. I don't think actually, I don't think Jake could even catch him. Not even close. No. Uh, so they're, they're just, it's just different. But the, the level of dominance, like you said, the, the ceiling is like, I can't even see it. So you got to take that into account. And it'll be interesting. But is he a Hall of Famer? 100%. You know what I do first thing every day when I'm ready to put something in my body? I go to the fridge, I grab a scoop of AG1, and off you go. Yeah, that's Athletic Greens. And it's a thing that has 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day off right. Now, you've heard me talk about my fight with my health and making sure I'm starting to put good things in my body, and AG1 is definitely helping that because it's a special blend of ingredients. It supports my gut health, my nervous system, and you know how I am. I'm always nervous. My immune system, my energy, my recovery, my focus, and my aging, which Ploof always makes fun of me about. It's lifestyle-friendly as well. So whether you eat keto or paleo or vegan or a dairy-free or gluten-free diet, Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. So with Athletic Greens, you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So to make it easy on top of that, like everybody's back to traveling. You've been doing a lot of that during the summer. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do, go visit athleticgreens.com slash rose. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rose to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Speaking of Max Scherzer in this series, do we know if the ball boy is still alive that ran behind home plate in the middle of Max's delivery? Because I thought he's, if there was one guy who might commit a felony mid-game, it would be Scherzer. So he he said, he's like, guys, I, I genuinely didn't, it didn't bother me at all. I just point, he goes, it looked like I was, I pointed to tell, to tell Darno, like to tell Darno and the umpire, like, I'm not balking. Like, oh, he's running back there. But it looked like he was so mad. So we're like, oh, everybody in the bullpen's like, oh. <laughs> and then Guillaume did the, Came up a little slow, kind of in deep, and just went straight home to, to get Darno to take off. And then we all forgot about it. But I'm like, man, that play was so good. Maybe Max won't kill Brandon. And it's Brandon. Uh, but we uh, we brought him into the clubhouse. We booed him for that. But um, it was just, we we're like, what are you doing? He just panicked. He just went for it. He's like, just go. I just took off right in the middle of the pitch. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that we all let our emotion, our imaginations run with how mad Max would be. And he's like, I didn't even care. And then there was the play, I believe it was on Saturday during the Freed game and the Scherzer game where Alonzo ends up scoring and they go to replay. And afterward, the big boy, he comes out and he is fired up. Like, I mean, just he jumps out of the dugout. He pumps his whole fist. You know, you talked about WWE. It, I mean, I think he's got a post-baseball career in that, doesn't he? Oh, Pete, yeah. Pete, I want Pete and uh, when they're when they're done, Pete and Vogie to be a tag team, uh, and then come up with some sort of a name. I don't know. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday because after the video went around with Vogelback running first to first to home, I'm like, the only thing I want to see by the end of this year is is Pete on third and and Vogie on second, and 
for one of the situations where they don't know if it's going to drop or not. So Pete's Pete's tagging up, but Bogey sees it's dropping, it's going. So they have to like they're they're going, but to play at home, but they're both coming in and they slide at both different sides. I want that more than I want double head for slide Pete and then Bogey right behind him. Uh, that would be the one of the greatest plays ever. And I just I I don't know if it'll ever happen, but I really 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 wanted to. But yeah, Pete Pete plays the crowd. He lo- he loves it here, man. He really does. I'm not so sure we've ever seen anybody wear a uniform the way that Daniel Vogelbach does, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just swaggy. He knows what he's doing. The guy, the guy's holding the bat all day too. He just him and Pete are always like holding their bats. Uh, I love Bogey. Bogey's been my he's been my favorite player for years now. Um, really? I, I ever since he was on the Mariners. I'm like, dude, Daniel Vogelbach's my favorite. And he's from Fort Myers, which I'm like, I spent a lot of time there too. I'm like, just Moby's the best. And then I've heard nothing but great things about type of teammate and how he keeps light and how he's hilarious. He's a, he's a guy who just likes to chip in all the conversations. Uh, and then he's a, and I faced him and you would think, I don't know, you just assume like maybe he's trying to go homer and be a free swinger. And he is not a fun at bat because he's just got such a good idea of the zone. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pumped we got him, but yeah, he's him and Byron Buxton have been my two favorite players for about four years now. Ah, okay, good. Um, where were you on your rehab assignments? I went to Binghamton or I went to Florida for a week and then I went to Binghamton and pitched twice. And then I went to Binghamton for one day, drove back here and then the ne- stayed one day in New York and went to uh, Syracuse for five days and then drove back here. And how was the minor league experience again? Uh, glad I'm not there still. Uh, but actually, uh, Syracuse was much, 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 much better than I had remembered it being uh, from when I actually played that league. Uh, you know, and maybe Bingo's got some work to do. So what is it uh, when you've been in the show for as long as you have and you're back on a minor league rehab assignment? Is it a is it a huge wake up call for you? Oh yeah, it's it's good to have that perspective every once in a while. But I was telling them, and I this is probably not the nicest thing, but these guys are all young too, and most of them hadn't didn't hadn't gotten up yet too, so they hadn't really experienced. But it gets really hard to be in AAA once you've been in the big leagues at all. If you've never been there, it's great, but then you almost want to like put it off until you get to go up and stay. Uh, and I was just, they were like, hey, so like. You know, if you had offered a minor league deal, I'm like, no, no, never doing it again. If they, if this was even in, like, if it were a 50 50 chance I was going to be in the major league, major leagues with the team out of Springport or, or, or AAA, it'd be really hard for me to be cool with that. <laughs> like, this is, I, no, I'm not flying at four in the morning on a commercial flight. I just, I know this sounds very, very, uh, uh, um, Snooty. Rich people problems or whatever. Snooty, yeah, there we go. Bougie. That's just where we're at. Quality of life's important to me right now. What's the uh like what's the spread? Are guys just eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all day? Is it oh no, the spread's way better. Ever since um ever since that was changed a few years ago, I think it was middle of the last CBA, where the teams cover the food. Um, and it wasn't like a player dues to the whoever your clubhouse staff was and what you were at their mercy basically what they wanted to do for you um it's pretty standardized so like i mean 
it's very similar to the food we if we have in quality. It's just there's just not as many like we have like three different vegetables and two different meats or whatever. Like they have they have the one of everything. It's like the three mm-hmm. things of the the meat, the starch, and the vegetable, and it's only only get the one option. But it's a good option. But if you don't happen to like that, so it's more or less, less minor leagues is just there's less variety, but the quality is pretty good. I had a pork chop. I was like, this is a phenomenal. I, I remember telling him, like, this is a really good pork chop. I really like this. And the guys were like, ah, I don't want that. I'm like, it's it's really good. You should try it. I'm enjoying this. I'm the big league guy. You guys should eat this. Uh, but it's it's almost as if complaining about things in baseball is just part of it. You got to find things to complain about to get through it. So guys, are like, I'm like you guys. You don't even you don't even know. I've had I one time I came in. There's one pan with beans and hot dogs cut up in it for post game, and we laughed and said, "We're not paying you for today." And he goes, "Okay, I understand that." Because <laughs> he's like, "This is what they gave me." He goes, "Yeah, I don't deserve to be paid. That's awful." Uh, did you um, did you have to take any bus trips or no? Oh no. Um, we well, I actually love the whole week or six days of games day off. That's the the old fall league schedule that they play on now. The only problem is you play the same team six times, and as a reliever, you're like, can we play somebody else, please? Um, especially when it's the Royals. I played against Omaha, and you know them. They're like, hey, you got to be able to run and bunt and steal. You want to go to the big leagues, the Royals? I'm like, oh my god, they sent the scouting report from from when I was in the big leagues and they're going to run. And then what they do, they just ran all over. Like they just, everyone's stealing and bunting and making me feel that like, like I had a leg injury and I was just out there just a lot of smirking and like, and I faced the same three guys all three times I pitched. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I do like that. I, I don't, the travel is, I didn't have to do travel. I, I'm always on my own there, but uh, if I had to fly early or something, I would have, that would have been, I'm big on sleep. I, yeah, we know how much you like your sleep. That would not have I don't, worked. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know. I just still can't wrap my head around how you're supposed to go and be like get better when you've had well, four I hours think, of sleep. Isn't isn't that like the part of the whole deal? Let's weed out the people who can't, who aren't mentally strong too. I mean, it's at that point, it's not even you're just sleep deprived. Like, what are you supposed to do? We're not on a desert island here. Like we're not doing SEAL training. We're trying to play like you want us to play baseball at a high level. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. So they, they and if there's a if there's a delay, so if they fly, like they, they're banking on getting there at 1030 and being able to go to the hotel and sleep for an hour or two. But if they get delayed, they just go straight to the field. And then they play. And I, I I'm a reliever and you can just be like, oh, we don't I hope we don't pitch tonight. But like all the position players are like, here we go. And I guess that is part of it. You gotta learn to do that. And just find find a place in, in inside, but I mean, there's a better way. I just feel like there's better ways to do it. Is there? I, I know that you're so focused on what's going on with your team and your situation and everything. Are you keeping up to date at all on your hometown team as they try to break the longest playoff drought in North American team sports? That's of course. Going? Okay. Of course, I am. Um, I really really hope they do and i hope it's not a sneak into the last wild card the brand new wild card they just added like that would be there's another bit well now everyone's saying we don't like we would have done it otherwise which is true it counts so, like, but it does count um i just i hope it's like a the second wild it's something it's something that would have been there either way 
I just because I know I know what how the narrative's going to go. Just to continue to to make fun of them, but I, I really do hope they. Uh, I know a lot of those guys who. I don't know. It's just I I I know a lot of my friends and family are. One thing I do like about the Seattle scene in sports in general is, yeah, the team's not very good. They're not going to come out, but if it is good, they'll sell out. You saw last week, the last week of the season last year, people were coming out of the woodwork. Like yeah. it's, it's a, uh, it's almost, it's weird to say like, it's an okay place to not have a great team. Like there, there are worse places that be on a bad team. Uh, but if you're good, they will also go the other way as well. And, and that's because uh, there's some places that are pretty laid back all the time, no matter how good you are. And, and, and so that's one thing I've always been proud of of the, of the Northwest is because we only have those teams. Like there's, there's no one else. Like we don't have a Spokane baseball team or something. Right. So uh, Seattle's like all you got. And so they love their sports there. Um, and I, I hope, I hope they make it. I hope that they make a run and then we beat them. Pardon the interruption for the special DraftKings announcement. Turn big league action into big winnings with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Right now, customers can bet just $5 on any game and get $100 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, SGPs. At DraftKings Sportsbook, you'll be able to bet on your favorite batter to hit a double in his next plate appearance, your favorite pitcher's next pitch to be a strike, and so much more. I believe Taiwan Walker's going today for the Mets. Six innings, combine it with eh, six in, Go do the double six, double six. Six innings, six Ks for Taiwan Walker if he's pitching today. I like it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE and new customers can make any $5 bet and get $100 in free bets instantly. That's promo code ROSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Now back to the show. All right, I know that uh, you are friends with with Taylor Rogers, who's now been traded twice in the last six months or whatever. He was involved in a huge deal with Josh Hader. How surprised were you that the Brewers, we know it was a financial thing, we get it, but still, that's a good look for you. Yeah, I was, I was like, what happened? They what? <laughs> they, did, they got rid of Hader when they're trying to win the division? Right. Um, but... I think they've proven over there in Milwaukee. They've done. They've made a lot of really, really good moves, really solid moves. Like they consistently make really high quality moves, and so I had to like really look at it. And Taylor's going to be a free agent. I hope he has, gets a great deal after this year. And Josh is kind of giving them a ton of value and has a lot of. He just really a team really, really wanted him, and they got a lot of value from him. So, I mean, a guy like Hater though, like with the exception of Shug now, like if you want an automatic guy, it's him and those two. And so they got an automatic guy. Um, yeah, he had a couple tough ones in a row, but everyone does. But like, I just didn't expect him to go from a contender to a contender. That was just, yeah. I don't know. Like what the, well, how do the Potters get everybody? I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Over, like now their lineup, I'm, I'm just like thinking about it. I'm like, what the, 
how did this happen? But then I guess the, the Dodgers got Trey and Max last year, and it was the same type thing. Yeah, well, in the meantime, the, the Padres get everybody. They get Soto. They get Josh Bell. They get Brandon Drury. They get Josh Hader, which are all phenomenal pickups. <clears throat> and they can't win. And they can't score. But I do think that eventually, once everybody kind of settles in a little bit. There will be a little run. I could- dude, we've never seen a player with the accolades of Soto traded at such a young age. I mean, shit, you got to face him. You know what it's like. Yeah. Sucks. It sucks. The show, the shuffle is, I love the shuffle a lot because um, there's one thing that I say that I, that's, that's, that's noticeable. uh, uh, Certain pitchers like Max, for example, like you don't give Max a reason to not like you. Like that you're not helping yourself. And, uh, um, and so like the, the, the shuffle thing, like uh, it, it might work to, fire some guys up but at the same time i think he wants you to try to come hard at him like he wants you to try to match power with power and he knows he's confident in his ability to win that and but if you're savvy enough you can kind of play play the game and put a little act on and do the same thing um and he so it's not just him hitting it's like psychological as well that he does so well and he knows and for to be 23 years old and like buy in like he has on that it's really impressive He's really, really impressed. It's just, it's he's like Jake, but hitter. Like he just like, he's just never, ever. It seems like he's never tired or he doesn't have it. He's always got the energy and he's always ready to like, he's never going to give away in the back. It's like, a, it's his thing. He's like, this is my thing. I don't, there's never a day where I'm like, ah, whatever. So he's just like, no, it's not who I am. That's how I play. So, so the, for them to get him, and I don't think anyone's talking about Josh Bell. They need to, you guys have an incredible year. Um, that if they get going, it's not going to be fun to face them at all. All right. I got one more thing on a team that's not yours, and it's Aaron Judge. Uh, you have faced him in years past. You, you have not faced him yet this year, right? You would nope. miss that nope. series. Um, what can you tell, if anything, is different about it? Because he just – it feels – he's always been a great player. But now we're talking about a guy who's – could end up hitting 50 homers by the time it's September. What's the difference? The difference is um, there's a, I think that there's something that Bryce Harper does when you're getting ready for Harper. So I'll, I'll use Bryce because he's done. I think he's play, he's gone from like MVP to kind of, to uh, not having great to back to MVP levels. And he's kind of done that uh, several times now. Yep. And and you can see kind of the gradual change in like, like what he's being, what what's making him so successful. And I think that Aaron, um, who has some swing and miss, and has in his career gone to places where he was struggling to even like really hit the ball hard at all, um, back to this level too. And it's it's big thing is both those guys are really 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 aware of what where they're hitting the ball the hardest. And like if a ball's here. If I don't miss this pitch, then I'm going to be really good. I can let the other ones that I don't hit as well, like there be some success or a hole there a little bit, but I want to minimize my hole and just know who I am. And I think Bryce and both Bryce and Aaron know very, very clearly where their where their honey hole is or their nitro zone. That's what we call it. So, mm-hmm. so, and what what Judge is doing so well, and then and if you if you overlay that over like how Max pitched him. 
Max was very clear about where the hole was or where he could have success. But Max didn't make any mistakes. None. He made zero mistakes the whole time faced him. But Aaron's in a place where you have to do that in order to be successful more than one at bat against him. You ha- he's not going to miss a mistake. So he's missing zero mistakes. If, if someone misses their spot by a little bit, he is making them pay for it. And he's not worried about being successful on every pitch thrown to him. He's worried about being successful in the ones he's supposed to be successful on. And those are the best hitters. Juan's the same way. He's, But he does think maybe a little bit farther where that hole he has, he could just close it some days. Like, most guys can't do that. That's why he's super – he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Aaron's having the year he's having because he's, he's – he has a plan. He, he knows exactly what pitch he, he, he needs to hit and then he might get. He knows where that overlay is. Like, what will – what does a mistake look like for this guy? And then he's taking advantage of those mistakes. It's the same way as pitchers – Pitcher saying, where's the spot that if I know my default spot, that if I hit it every time, there's a very low chance they're going to have success. Right. Even the best hitters have those. Um, and that's kind of what you work off of. So the advantage is always in the pitchers, I think, in the pitcher's lane. I think the pitcher always has the advantage because we have the ball. Um, but if we make a mistake and you take advantage of it every time, you have a, you have a year like Aaron's having. Well, I'm happy for him. He bet on himself. He's going to get, I think he's going to get over $300 million. I would assume it'll be from the Yankees because I just think that they understand not only the type of player he is, but he is flawless in front of a microphone in his ability to handle the pressure in New York. I mean, you've been there a year and a half and you understand how different an animal that place is. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm, I am, uh, I have all the respect in the world for, him and how he plays the game is and his talent. He's he's really a guy you want to. He's as close to he's as close to Derek Jeter as you could possibly get, like to lead your team. And I think that, I mean, everyone loves Derek, and I think Aaron is in that conversation with that type of player and, and guy. He is. I'm with you. All right, before we let you go and get on your way, uh, I think we since we last saw you've got new categories on the wheel of moderately interesting things, but I'm not sure. So we'll spin it. I mean, I, that's all I'm landing on is crushing it. I, I might have asked you this. Your first childhood crush? Ooh. Childhood crush. This is going to be common. I was like, what is it? And then it came to me that I've had this thought a hundred times in my life. Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh, Okay. Everyone loved Topanga, and I loved Boy with Girl, but she was, yeah, she was the, she was my, uh, she was definitely number one, for sure. Raced home to Topanga. watch it. Topanga. Topanga, where'd that name come from? That's, well, it's a, very, very memorable. It's a, it's a street out here in Los Angeles. It's a big, big place. You could take the Topanga Pass over to Malibu, go visit the Hoity Toities, the rich people. Might be where it's come from. I don't know. Is that all, Kelly? Yeah. Not all of it. Just most of it. Just most of it. All right. Well, listen, I'm happy you're yeah, feeling no, better. I'm happy you're back it. out there. I'm excited for you guys in the stretch run. I think there's nothing better when both teams in New York are, are good and playing for something meaningful, like a first-round bye, which I'm sure we'll talk about the next time when we meet up in September. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Do it. All right. Where's Marmalade? 
Uh, I don't know. He's running around somewhere. Usually he's he's close, but yeah, he's not in here. Okay, taking a few minutes off. Maybe all right, we'll tell time. all the tell all the people up there in the in the Mets clubhouse we say hello, and uh, we will talk to you again soon for our outstanding producer, the one and only Robbie Shiraco, our summer intern right. Sam Singer. That is Trevor May. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.